0: It's a great word, Sebastian and Kobe. Uh, And be careful, young men, because the two men that are the youth pastors were up here giving their testimony after youth camp one year, and now they're youth pastors. And, uh, how many people know life goes quick? I am not just a dad, but I'm a granddad now. And, uh, you know, it seems like these young men that testified were in the children's church, and my sons were in the children's church youth group, young adults. Now they're, they're leading in that er- those areas, and this uh, God is good. Um, you know, we just had our uh, fourth grandson. Heath is here today. May is still at home recovering. Uh, if you have never experienced C section, I have not. You know it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's not easy. So with kid or youth camp and all the things that are going, we just had VBS last week or the week before. Thought I would start us out with a children's joke this morning. And uh, you know, if I heard right, it was Heath and Justin, the new fathers in the church, and uh, the new baby Ephraim. Can, can you take care of this? Uh, They they were together and Ephraim started crying and these two new fathers began to, you know, discuss what was the problem and they they did everything they knew how and finally they they rushed him to the doctor and the doctor said, what? And they said, well, he's crying and we don't know what's wrong with it. And so the doctor quickly checked his eyes and his ears and his nose and then checked the diaper in which it was full. And the doctor said, guys, this is the problem why he's crying. And Justin and Heath looked at each other and said, "But that can't be. The package says that diaper's good for up to five pounds. (laughs) Uh, Heath and May have come over and stayed at our house during this time of recovery and It's amazing how the father gets this notion before it happens, right? I think it might have something to do with the smell, but they become hard to find after that. And uh, I know Gwen is an expert diaper changer, and uh, I have not reached that stage yet. A little girl and her mother were washing dishes, and uh, she said, Mama, I see that you have some gray hairs. And the mother looked at the little girl and kind of smiled and said, yes, dear, every time you do something bad, one of my hairs turn gray. Little girl thought a minute, she says, mom, why is grandma full of gray hair? (laughs) Out of the mouth of babes, huh? Well, this morning, we're going to continue this series on the blessing, and we've been in it. Most of the year, if not all the year. And what I'm doing again is I'm setting a context to help us realize that our life is blessed. A lot of people will go through life and they'll never uh, understand this. And so when somebody tells them, man, you're blessed, they almost uh, with false, false, not good, false humility will go, no, I'm not. Because a lot of times we do not take it as a blessing on our life, the things that God has given us, and we begin to look at somebody else maybe that has more blessing, and we begin to say, well, no, no, I'm not. And again, when we realize that we're blessed, how much more then are we blessed that we become thankful for what God has given us? We're not lucky, but we're blessed by the things that God has given us by His favor and grace in our life. now. If you've been here and and through the year, you realize that we've taken this all the way through, you know, Genesis all the way until Jesus, and we've, you know, we've kind of dove into the Word of God and we looked how God has said, starting with mankind, I'm going to bless you. When when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they had everything everything that they needed and really everything that they wanted. The the problem was that the enemy came in to put a little bit of fear, uncertainty, and doubt into their life and say, you know what? God's holding back from you. If you eat of that tree, your eyes are going to be open. You're going to be like God. There's something to do with comparison in our lives that we begin to look at our lives and we, you know, I'm not blessed. And the reason most of the time is because, again, we think somebody else is more blessed than we are. And therefore, that starts a reaction of saying, you know what? Everything that I have is because of my own effort, my own hard work. It's because of what I've done in my life. It's not too long until you start just not believing the word of God and you don't receive it into your life. The the passages, scriptures that we've been going through is uh, the promise, land, blessing. Now, Real quickly, I just want to again bring us up to date. The the former generation came to the promised land and they did not enter in because of fear into the promise. God had promised this for generations. They just couldn't do it because of fear. Because of their own identity, the way that they saw themselves, they couldn't enter into God's promise in their life. Don't allow that to happen in your life. The Word of God says that The next generation, 40 years later, that had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, trusting God, learning how God's providing in their life, come up to the same opportunity. They make a declaration, we're going to do everything that God tells us to do, and we're going to go in and we're going to be obedient. We're going to see the things that God has promised us. Now, again, if you've been here, you realize all those sermons that I've preached, to bring us to a certain point today. Now, the children of Israel go over the Jordan River by a miracle. God stops the water flowing down the river uh, banks and they cross over on dry ground. They go over, they defeat Jericho and Ai and Bethel. We talked about that. But last week, I talked about something that is so important in the Christian's life. And that is coming to the conclusion and settling it in your life, your personal life, not just in your family, in your life first, that God tells the people of Israel through Joshua, I will be with you. I will not forsake you. Wherever you go, I will be with you. Now, this morning, if you were here last week or if you were not here last week, If you come to the conclusion that God is going to be with you and He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now let me say this. There's a difference between leaving and forsaking. You can be with somebody and not leave them, but really not be emotionally or even tied to their concern. He said, I will not do that. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. When you realize that, there is an ability to walk by faith and not by fear. So much of the unconscious in the believer's life is dictated by fear that the enemy puts in your life. And if he can't put fear, it starts with just a little uncertainty. Are you sure? Come on now. Have you ever seen just a little uncertainty that'll create doubt, that'll cause you to do things that you would have never dreamed to do, dreamt to do in the past. So this morning, I want you to see that now we're in a passage of scripture. That they continue to remember what God had done by building monuments, piles of rocks. They they defeated cities and pulled rocks down and big mounds of rocks. And God said, "Don't don't don't fix them. Don't 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 do anything. Just leave them as a monument." to my blessing in your life. And so the children of Israel, every step of the way would build monuments to remind them of the goodness of God. Even one monument, he says, when your children in the future say, Dad, Mom, what is that pile of rocks? You can tell them this is the blessing of God. This is what he did for us in coming over into the promise that he had given our ancestors and now us, we are actually being able to exhibit it. We are actually seeing it happen. Now this morning, if you're a believer, if you're a believer in God, come on with me. You have faith in a God that you don't see. Nobody here saw Jesus down the cross. And a lot of times our children, when they come up, somebody will doubt that. And, and they'll try to get them to believe, well, couldn't there be another God? But for us that have put our faith in Jehovah, we have put our faith in God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Who was that? That was Jesus. That wasn't Muhammad. That isn't Buddha. That isn't uh, Harry Christian. All those. No. Jesus. We have put our faith in Jesus, even though we cannot see Jesus. We believe. But a lot of times, if we're not careful as believers, that's where we stop in our spiritual growth. And as believers, we need to be obvious to a dying world that we're different. So this morning, I want you to see this, and I'm going to give you a sermon that can change your life or it can roll off your back like water off a duck. It'll be your choice. Because of the season or the uh, succession of sermons, I want you to look at Joshua chapter 10. Now, This is a story that is unexpected and even impossible, even unbelievable. That's how God works. The story is a story called the Gibeonites. Now, real quickly, as I've talked in the past, so I can't go in detail of too much background, but the Gibeonites were a a part of a city actually in the promised land. God said, you're going to go in and you're going to take everything. The land is yours. Everybody was going to be conquered. Do not make a treaty with them. But a group of people showed up and they had a realization that was not stupid. It was pretty smart to the point of being even cunning. And they saw the blessing on the children of Israel. And they realized that the blessing was over there on those people. And where do I want to be? I want to be with those people. Now, before I go on, remember that in the book of Genesis, Abraham had a nephew that tagged along with him. Remember Lot? And he got so blessed and they grew. And the blessing of all the animals, were, all the livestock, where there's so many animals that there wasn't enough grass, so they had to split up. And Lot said, I'll take the well-watered plains of the, you know, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to leave you, Abraham. And as soon as he did, the blessing was separated because the blessing was on Abraham's life. If he had a lick of sense, he would have said, you know what? I'm going to trim down my herd because I'm not leaving. I'll give it away before I leave you, Abraham, because the blessing's on you. God's blessing is on you. Everybody understand what I'm saying here? These people in in the Old Testament, they realized that there was something different. God's blessing was on these people. God said to Abraham, I will bless you and I will bless those that bless you. Be a blessing to them. When when they're a blessing to you, I'm going to be a blessing. Those people that curse you, I will curse These people realized proximity mattered. I want to be with those people. So they came and even deceived the children of Israel. Was it right? No. But they came in and they said, you know what? We're from so far away. And they had some examples of some moldy bread that they had, you know, conjured up. Their shoes were wore out. We 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 started with brand new Nikes. Now the, the soles are flapping, you know, whatever. And they go, okay, we'll make a treaty with you. Come to find out they were actually in the promised land. But because the children of Israel gave their word, they chose to keep that word. We will not annihilate you. We will not conquer you. But you will be submissive to us. Deal. How many people would rather be servants than dead? That's what their forefathers thought, even though that that was wrong because they knew that they were going to go in and conquer. Now this group of people, the children of uh, of God, were going to go in, but another group called the Gibeonites make a treaty with them. The reason I explain all this is because this morning the story is that Gibeon, right in the middle of the path that Joshua and the children of Israel, the army, is going to conquer, five kings are going to come against, not Joshua, but they're going to come against the Gibeonites. These kings are big, bad. I mean, they are terrible. They set out and they lay siege of Gibeon. But a word gets to Joshua, please come and save your servants. Joshua says, God, should we go? God says, go. Every one of them will be yours. Joshua marches his army, even his best of his fighting men, all night long to arrive on the battle scene. Now, this morning's title of my message is this. Let me turn the page so I can see the title of what today's message is. Look for the unexpected. How many of us would love to see the unexpected take place in our life? to see signs and wonders and miracles and deliverance take place in our life. And a lot of times we say that we believe them, but we just never have seen them. And I want you to hear this message today. So look at it. We're in church. I don't want to insult your intelligence of reading, but I am going to read today because we are in church, and this is the only word of God some people will get all week. Let that sink in. Verse 6 of chapter 10. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp of Gilgad, Do not abandon your servants. Come up quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgag with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. Do you remember what last week's message is? Don't be afraid. I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, Joshua had fighting men, he had an army, but let me tell you, five? Are you kidding me? Five kings are going to be there with all their armies? Don't you think that Joshua could have been a little afraid, but it doesn't seem like, well, let's go on. Do not be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Verse number 9, after an all-night march from Gilgog, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, so Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road road going up from Beth Horon, and cut them down all the way to Azareth-Makadiah. As they fled before Israel all the road down from Beth, Beth, Horan, and Ezek, the Lord hurled hellstones. Now this is an unexpected miracle. Look at this. The Lord hurled large hell stones down on them and get this phrase, more of them died from the hell than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you remember the whole sermon on the captain of the host? The guy, you know, Joshua sees out there with the flaming sword, and Joshua says, Are you for us or against us? And he says, Neither. I'm the captain, I'm the general of God's army. And Joshua goes, ah. This is a sign of this army going before the Israelites. Hellstones come down on the enemy, and more die than actually the sword. How many people. Live in Texas? Just see if you're living. Somebody never will raise their hand in church. Hopefully, you can raise your hand for that one. You know hellstones, don't you? The biggest hellstone that I've ever seen is a little bit bigger than a, a a golf ball. Maybe it's not a softball. You know how we always have different golf ball, grapefruit. So it was a little bit bigger than a golf ball. Can you imagine a hailstone so big that it would kill you? This is what's happening. It's coming down. This is an unexpected miracle that takes place. You cannot explain this as a coincidence. God uses nature a lot of times and things that, you know, uh, people try to argue with. But try to explain that hailstones are falling ahead of the army of Israelites and more men of the enemy are dying than even what Israel would try to do with the sword. But hold on. The unexpected is not done during this season. Watch this. Verse 12 says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord of the uh, uh, the Lord in the presence of Israel. In other words, he's making a declaration in front of people that are witnesses. Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Elijam. Are you kidding me? He's asking for this. What? No, you can't do that. Apparently, you can. He had a good heart. The sun did not. Let's continue right here. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jashar the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. This wasn't someone lost their watch and everybody goes, yeah, well, it, it seems like it's, it's a full day. Are you kidding me? I, I read this over and over and over and over. Definitely unexpected. Unexpected. There has never been a day like it before since, a day when the Lord listened to human beings. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Isn't that amazing, that last sentence? They come to the conclusion, after the unexpected power of God showing up on the scene, the verse says, surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all the Israelites to the camp at Gilgal. Gilgal. Let me ask you, do you want to see the supernatural in your life? You know, you know. a lot of times we as Christians desire, even people in the world desire supernatural things happening in their life. That's why you'll see people getting over into the occult and, and witchcraft and things because they feel like, you know, that's where they've seen. Let me tell you, the supernatural power of God is an amazing testimony to unbelievers. Chapter and verse. Uh, Look at uh, Corinthians chapter 2 where Paul says, I didn't come with the power uh, of elegant words, but in the power of God to the church at Corinth when he showed up and began to see supernatural supernatural healings and things take place. All the people that were believing in all the mythology of Greece and all that were like, we don't see that over in the other gods. What's going on over here? When Jesus showed up and took, I mean, there was miracle after miracle taking place, again, showing the power of God was a great testimony to who he was. Realize, as people that are not believers, they're limited to just their senses. Things of human reasoning. Therefore, they should never expect things to happen that are miracles in their life, like supernatural healings. Do, do you hear me? A lot of times, when somebody works in an just a, a human uh, a way of thinking, they have boundaries placed on them, and and it's not only because they're you know uh, let let me give you an example. Um, the world's flat, and it it that's all it's flat well until Christopher Columbus proves that it's round okay 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 we were wrong but a lot of times when we're talking about supernatural miracles taking place in the world that we live in today people that are not believers are limited to their senses in other words if they they can only reason this has never happened before or this will never happen ever because it's impossible But when we are people of faith, again, there is no boundaries on a supernatural God that can do anything. We are created to walk in the supernatural, to experience healing and deliverance and protection in our lives and our family, the unexpected. We've talked about this blessing over and over on a person's life, and I said it from day one, it's a lot more than just cash in your pocket to being blessed. It is the prosperity on your life that's nothing missing, nothing broken, that we walk in health, we walk in our relationships. And again, we're the salt of the earth. I know a lot of Christians that they're salty, but they're not flavorful, if you know what I mean. So this morning, I want to give you three things. And in these three things, I, I want you to be, if you would, When we're talking about the supernatural and you're not experiencing supernatural things in your life, then then can we say this, God, your ways are not my ways and my thoughts are not your or as God's thoughts are? He says, I have a way that seems to man not right. That's the opposite. See, there is a way that man sees that thinks their way is right, not God's way because it's based on their own experience, their own belief system has been built, therefore they are choosing to live a certain way and experiencing the results. For us as believers, we say no. So this morning, just again, if you would, trust me, put all that stuff of baggage that maybe has been part of your belief system, put it over here and try something new. It's a new day. It's a new way. You've never been this way before, so follow me, God says, to the children of Israel when they entered into the promised land. The first thing that I want you to do is in looking for the supernatural things that work in your life, is quit overlooking the simplicity of the answer. Sometimes we begin to begin to be theologians and try to figure out all the, you know, the, the spiritual warfare that comes in and all that's in its place. But sometimes we overlook the simplicity that God is saying, it is so simple if you'll just listen. The first thing that I want you to do is believe in the love of God. This is so easily said, and everybody says, Amen! But it gets into something different when you actually believe the love of God. Now, in the King James Version, which a lot of us grew up on, is John 4.16 that says this, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So let's do the amplified version, which is like exploding that sentence up and even adding explanation. The amplified version says this, 1 John 4.16, And we know, understand, recognize, and are conscious of by observation and by experience. That's why we know. That's why we know. And believe, the belief part is adhere to and put faith in and rely on the love of God. The love of God cherishes for us. The love God cherishes for us. God is love and he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God. And God dwells and continues in him. See, we believe. We believe because we know the love of God for us. Now again, if you need a miracle in your life, maybe it's in a relationship problem that you're dealing with. Can I say this? It can even be a relationship problem that's going to happen tomorrow. You're going to need a miracle in your finances because you have a bill that, you know, came upon you and you go, what in the world? Can I tell you this? It can be a a financial bill that's going to come tomorrow. Or it can be a health issue that you're needing healing in your body. Or it can be a health issue tomorrow. It is in believing the love of God for you that that is not for you. Let me say it this way. To believe is to have faith in God's love for you. That's as simple as I can say it. Let me say it again. To believe is to have faith in the love of God for you. Let me give you an example. In Mark chapter 4, they're in the boat. Do you remember the story And Jesus is asleep in the boat? It says this, A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now listen to me and don't forget this because the day comes when you believe for a supernatural, you have to believe the love of God for you. In this story, understand that love himself is sleeping up there in the stern of the boat on the cushion. The same one that the Bible says he had compassion on them all and was moved to heal all the sick. Compassion is not a feeling. Compassion is a person that we have named, or is named, Jesus. I think I hear some crickets in the back. Come on. Anybody else say amen? Amen. I know that you're going to have to process this, but by faith say amen. So be it, God. Here is love, and he's in the boat with them. And see, a lot of believers will say, why did God allow this to happen to me? Why am I in this place? And let me tell you, what is that? It's unbelief in what? The love of God. Faith works by love. Remember the whole Hebrews chapter 4 message that faith, faith activates the promises of God in our life. What activates faith the love of God and faith works by love and without believing in the love of God for you you'll never have the fuel that's going to take to have the faith that will that will produce the super supernatural things happening in your life in your world now again the way that we receive this is by the word of God. Remember that here is Joshua and he's going into land that he's never been in before. His fathers and grandfathers are saying it's the, the people are too strong for us. If we go in, if we as a nation go in right now, what's going to happen is we're all going to be killed and our wives and our children are going to be taken as slaves and, and they're going to brutally do things to them that nobody wants those words were spoken over these children that now have been raised in a different culture that see it differently. They're not walking in that fear, doubt, and unbelief, and they're pursuing with an unexpected, other than just faith in God's Word, that if they go, they'll defeat these five kings. Can can, can you understand what I'm saying? Nobody can prove to them that they're going to be successful in possessing the promise. Every step of the way, the way that they are convinced is because they're convinced in the love of their God for them. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. If there's somebody in the group that begins to put a little fear, a little uncertainty, a little doubt, they went, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't do that. you remember God at the first sets the whole tone to Joshua and the people? The way that you're going to be prosperous, and it goes for us as believers in our life, don't allow the Word of God to leave you. Meditate on it day and night. Have it in your mouth. Have it wherever you go. For us, here's a good passage to never let out of our sight. Psalms 23, 6. The good shepherd, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. It goes down. Verse 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, life is full of circumstances. I, I call them a lot of times ankle biters. I mean... Ankle biters are everything in life that you just kind of bump up against. Do you know what I mean? Anybody bump up against stuff and the water falls off and you kick it and you go, what's up? This week I'm driving and my truck is not an old truck. It's a pretty nice truck and it starts to overheat. Now, do I just run it off the side of the road, light it with a match? It's gone. I don't know. No. I've told you stories that I've had ankle biters, and some of them aren't just little. I, I own some livestock, bought some hay, put it over here, and a grass fire next door comes through and burns all the hay up. So what did I do? I just shot every cow that I had and said, I'm not doing this. So what's, what's going to happen? Do you understand what I'm saying? Is a lot of times when those ankle biters hit us, you ever have to replace a tire in your mat? Well, it's not going to last forever. But you just don't want to fix it now or tomorrow. Or... It's easy to get our our belief in the love of God in our life to, to receive that. Well, let me give you just some practical things. When you get to that where you go, you know what, I'm seeing my mouth talk. I wish I could say I'm the pastor of the church and I've never talked negative in my life. But I have four children and they're going to tell their mother that's not in the sanctuary today that that's not true. But here's what I've realized. It is a time when you start talking. I can't believe all my hey got burned up and what are you doing, God? Don't you care that we die? Some reason you get into that Mickey Mouse voice, you know, I don't know if you do, I do. Again, it's time to begin to believe for the breakthrough that is supernatural in most people. The non-believer is not going to walk in this. Here's what I encourage you to do. It's praise time. Now watch this. This goes against the feeling that you're going to feel. You're not going to, you won't do anything but praise God. If you would, do me a favor. If you're in that place right now where you just kind of get irritated and you kind of, you know, it's getting hot and you feel like your shirt's too tight or you feel like you're taking a shower with your socks on, you know, and you let me give you, I want to encourage you to read 1 John every day this next week. 1 John chapter 1 even. just the, It's a short book, 1 John, but to read the whole book. What's it say? You'll find out when you read it every day. Settle this forever, that things like healing belongs to you, deliverance belongs to you, victory belongs to you. The second thing I want you to see is not just believe the love of God for you, but the second thing is so important and it's such a simplistic thing that everybody goes, well, I knew that. Well, then do it. And that is receive the love of God for you in your life. Let me say this. It says this, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the loves, or all the Lord's holy people to grasp, see, can you just, please, can you just understand, grasp, how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is and and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That that's what you can receive in your life. How amazing the love of God is. You're receiving that. You're not just believing it. See, a lot of people won't confess as believers, you know, Christians go to church every week, they'll they'll say that they believe it, but they're really not sure that God will come through for them. Or maybe that he's able, but he's just not willing to come through for them. So then they get unworthiness and guilt and shame, and it all stems from fear. Now now watch this. Fear is the thief. And again, I'm not going to preach last week's message But I want to encourage you to begin to focus on God's love. Have you ever had something in your life that got your attention? Hey! You know, everybody, oh, hey, got my attention. Whatever gets your attention will get your focus, and whatever gets your focus determines your direction and over time, your destination. So can I just remind you of some common sense things? You get what you focus on, so focus on what you want, which is God's blessing and love working in your life. As they say, energy goes or attention goes. Put your attention on the love of God. Well, Pastor, how do I do that? Word of God. Begin to read the passages. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Fear is such a thief. Do you remember the, the story in, in in the Bible where it says in Luke chapter 8 where Jesus is walking and a man comes up that is really, a, I mean, I don't even think he's a believer to this point. He, he's part of the synagogue. He's a, a religious leader. But he gets to the place that he's going to believe that Jesus is his last hope because his daughter is dying at home. And the Bible says that he, he says to Jairus, this man, I'll go with you to your house. But before they actually see the daughter, somebody says, your daughter is dead. That's final. Done. She's gone. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. If it wasn't a problem, Jesus wouldn't have said, stop it. Quit being afraid. Don't don't go there. You will not see the supernatural in your life if you don't believe. If you want to write down a statement, here it is. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Wow, That's what I was going for right there. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. One more time fear tolerated just a little fear, but pastor, you don't know what don't don't go there don't let the just that, no fear tolerated is faith contaminated that's a spiritual fact next week we're going to be talking about words and how important it is but let me give you the third point and we'll wrap it up. Believe the love of God for you. Receive the love of God for you. And the simplistic thing is this, is release the love of God. Out of all this, this is probably the hardest point. All the Christians, all the believers in the world that have been in the word of God knows that this is a fact. You have to walk in love. But they don't always do this one. First Corinthians 13, love never fails. If you're not expecting signs and wonders, or let me say this, if you're not experiencing signs and unexpected things in your life, chances are you need to check where your walk is. Because just in a few seconds, I want to go into this, but it comes across as one of the weakest things, but it's the most powerful world-changing events that can happen when you walk in love. And people will, you know... um, as I, as I said, I've kind of got into life. I, I own a tractor. Can I get an amen for all the men? I have a truck, and when you're John Wayne, listen. When you kind of got that, I love John Wayne. But you know that that I'm going I'm not gonna walk in love. I don't care how masculine you are. You're not doing what the Word of God says. And ladies, if you're older than a younger lady, and you go, well, she's got to pay her dues. Well, you're not walking in the love of God. Wow. We didn't get a lady in the sound booth. Bro, is that her? First John four eleven says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. But watch this, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete. That word complete is perfected, allowed to run its course when we're walking in love. It is made perfect, it's running its course. By keeping the word of God with you everywhere you go, in your heart, your mouth, out, what you're saying, and then practicing the love of God on other people, that's when, again, love takes practice. And some people, it takes a little harder practice than others. We all know that. And if you're that person, stop that, okay? <laughs> Quit being hard to love. But, but understanding that as we're walking in this love and allowing God to work in and through us, it releases the boundaries of what we think is even possible. By trusting God is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do, we know by faith then we can begin to expect the impossible to work in our lives. But, but listen to this let me just say this when you allow the love of God to work in your life even even in the area of uh, giving have you ever loaned somebody some money and they didn't give it back but you saw them out to eat or something and you go huh anybody Nobody's raising their hand because they're in this building problem. Anyway. (laughs) Let me get out of that kind of a little bit. I've given money to my children as a loan. And you see them out and you're like, I think you're a little past due on that little note there. But when we're giving, listen to me. I'm not talking about foolish. Don't go exaggerate on that. But I'm talking about walking in love and you begin to look for a need. Have you ever thought about doing something because you you see a guy holding a sign on the side of the road that says need help and you go, well, he looks pretty strong. He could go out and work. Why don't you just kick down that belief system and say, I'm going to give it to God. I don't care what he does with it. And and right down here in the little compartment of your truck car, you got $50 in fives. And you just give somebody something. And you go in a restaurant and you're looking for someone to get. But you know what? Here we go. And you get into tithing. Oh, pastor, it's almost time to go. Quit getting on tithing. Sometimes it's easier to tithe than it is to walk in love just to be obedient to God and what he says through the Holy Spirit speaking in our lives. It's so simple, but it's so hard sometimes to do. It's simple to get, to be able to believe the love of God for us, to receive the love of God, and then to walk into releasing that. I'm going to ask, well, Christy had to go to Children's Church, but let me just ask you this. Our church is going to go to Honduras, and we're going to release the love of God to a group of people in another country that we don't know their names, and who knows until God uh, takes us home into eternity that we'll ever see the outcome of what our mission team is going to do. But that's one way that we release the love of God as a corporate body, a group of people together. Now watch this. As they go into... Uh, Honduras, it's it's called medical missions, and they'll go all over. This organization goes all over to Gusagapa, the capital, and inside churches they'll set up Christian churches. They'll set up over here a place for dental, and over there in the back will be a, a church. I mean, a, a a place for medical and an eye doctor, but. All of the people that come in for those medical missions go through a place that is set up for a church. It's just a a circle of chairs and they'll bring in groups of people and everybody that comes in will be told how the love of God died for them for the forgiveness of their sins, that they could have eternal life. And as those people hear that, why are they there? Are they there to hear about the message of God? But when they hear the message of God and Christians release what they have, what do they have? Eye doctor, medical. They have the uh, uh, dentist. You think, well, that's not that big a deal. Oh, to them it is. One story. Christy, you you can do it next week. I'm going to tell One of my children says, Dad, I don't think I'm going on the missions trip last time we went. And I said, oh, you're going. His initials are Heath Miller. Okay. (laughs) And so Heath goes and he says, you know, I, I got four kids. Three of them want to be a part of the ministry. And he says, I'll support all three of you. Heath does Axiom Coffee. He's the manager of our coffee shop. Heath goes and experiences what I'm talking about. They have him pulling teeth. Dad, I didn't know how to pull teeth. But this guy needed a tooth pulled, so I pulled the tooth. And he was kind of like this, I pulled the tooth. (laughs) But the part that got him was they put him outside eventually to wash the hair of some little children. And the group of our our team went out and was washing hair, and he found out that he was washing the hair of a little girl that had lights. And, and he said, how long has she had lights? Several weeks. What? And part of what we raise to go to mission just for the person's airfare over there and the food we part of the what we raise is the money for the actual medicines and stuff that we take or that they buy as we provide now watch this this little girl had been waiting weeks for our church to show up when it came to their neighborhood to get her hair washed so that she wouldn't have lights. And Heath is putting this together and says to the translator, how much does this bottle of shampoo cost that treats lice? He says, two or three dollars. You've heard me say that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. as you release the love of God, of what God has done for you, it's more of a testimony than just saying that God is real. They don't don't believe that. Some of them don't believe that, or they'll say they believe. But when you're actually doing and being what God said, it's amazing how people go. Tell me more. Let's pray. Father, today, you see our hearts. So many Christians have experienced your amazing, amazing love in their life. And Father, I just pray that God that we would then act upon that. And Father, begin to not only believe and receive your love, but God, release that love into the world that we're a part of. Father, I ask you to encourage us to let it begin right here in the church, in a safe place, a sanctuary, that nothing is said in this place Nothing is said on this property that is ever against God, the love of God. That we walk in love with one another, that we don't walk in offense. But God, that we exhibit and God, we tell people verbally, not by just our actions, but verbally that we love them. Amen. Amen. This morning before you leave this place, I want to remind all the men that this Saturday at 8.30, I want to invite each one of you to come to men's breakfast that we'll be having here in the uh, back of the church. It'll be just about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. You'll be fed a breakfast, bring some money. Usually the the restaurants around here charge about 15 to $20. If you'll bring about $5, we'll take care of the rest and uh, be a blessing to you. Also on the way out, our ushers have a way of you giving in the plate. You can give online. You can even stop and put it in the mailbox if you'd like. And uh, praise God. Why don't you stand? I'm going to dismiss you in about 10 seconds, and I want you to go out into a world that desperately needs you. Ready? Go get them.